0: If you have never met me before, you don't know who I am. My name is Pastor Devin Mitchum. I am Pastor Jason's son. He is our senior pastor. Um, I do want to give you a quick update on them. They are uh, doing well. Mother, mother, I called her mother. It's her name on my phone is mother. I don't know. Uh, Mom is doing very well. Um, The treatments have been long, but she's she's handling them all very well. So uh, we are believing for a full and complete healing. In the name of Jesus. So um, if you just keep praying towards that, yeah, amen, amen. Uh, I can tell you that they miss home extremely, extremely bad. Um, The Lord has been speaking to Pastor, and uh, he texted me like 17 books yesterday full of things. The Lord's just been downloading him. And um, we're going to start a new series. They'll be back on the 30th. He's going to preach that week. It's Pentecost Sunday. The week after that, we're going to start a new series. I'm not going to give away any information about that yet, because it's him to do. Um, But I'm very, very excited about it. I believe it's gonna shape a lot of Revivify. It's gonna be an exciting time. Um, Can we just, one more time, I just wanna pray over what we're doing. Um, Lord, I ask in these next few moments, I ask that you would soften every heart and that you would open every mind. Lord, you've given me a, a word to bring here today, so I pray that you give me the ability to deliver it clearly. I pray that the word lands on fertile soil. Jesus, I'm asking you to do what only you could do in this place. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Amen. All right, so last week, if you were with us, we were supposed to have started a series, a two-week series on the book of Jonah. Um, Well, the Lord kind of wrecked some plans last week, and I didn't really preach it. I just got up here and read through Jonah and talked about it, and that was way better than anything that I had prepared. The Lord gets to do what he wants to do, well, because he's... God, So um, <laughs> so we have started a series last week on Jonah. We talked about Jonah's chapter one and two. Uh, we talked about how Jonah was, he was a, a prophet in the Old Testament. And one day the Lord comes to him and he's like, yo, Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh and you're gonna tell them they're all gonna die because they're sinful. And he's like, yeah, no, dog, I'm out. So he literally says, no, like I'm not gonna go. Um, here's, and he had good reason because honestly, there was two things. One, he was... He didn't believe that the Gentiles, which is pretty much everyone who wasn't a Jew, he didn't believe that they they could be saved. One, there was a whole thing that they didn't believe that. But then two, the the people who inhabited Nineveh, the Assyrians, they were like ruthless to, to the Jews. I mean, like the way that they would kill them, it actually, if you look at some of the ways that the Assyrians killed the Jews back then, is a lot of the same ways that the Christians in Afghanistan are being killed right now. It's actually, uh, when, you, when you look at it, it's like, wow, that's, that's intense. It's very, very intense stuff. And I actually encourage you to, to go research some of this stuff because it's eye-opening. So Jonah's like, hold on. So God tells me I got to go to Nineveh to tell them they're all going to die. Yeah, that's going to go over really well. So no, I'm not. So instead, he goes down to the port. He jumps on a boat going the opposite way to a place called Tarshish. While he's on this boat... God's like, okay, you want to run from me? I got you. Here's a hurricane. So God basically just throws a hurricane at the guy, and he's bouncing around, and, you know, he's all in the boat, and the boat's sinking. They're all freaking out, trying to figure it out. And While the the boat's just bouncing around, and the the sailors are all freaking out, Jonah's in the bottom sleeping. So they go and they get Jonah, like, dude, you pray to whatever God you pray to, because we're all going to die. So then they decide to cast lots to figure out. Who was the problem? And it ended up identifying Jonah. He was the one who had sinned against God. He told them that he served the, you know, the, the God of the Hebrews. And you know, they all knew he, that was the real God. So now they're mad at him because he brought this on him. And instead of just throwing him overboard, it the, the actually says that they tried to row harder to beat the storm. Well, that didn't work. So then they throw Jonah overboard, and he gets eaten by fish. That is basically the story of Jonah. If you've been raised in the church or been around the church for like, you know, You probably have heard of Jonah and the whale. So Jonah is in the whale and he prays in Jonah chapter 2, verse 2 through 9. He prays this prayer and he kind of outlines this cool map on how what we're to do when we run from God and need to come back to God. He did three things. The first thing he did was he admitted his faults. He honored the Lord. And then he rededicated his life. He admitted his faults honor the Lord, and rededicated his life. And the story that we talked about last week, the, the word that the Lord gave us for last week was this word, redemption. And this story of how a man ran so far away from God and God still took him, brought him home, and brought him into redemption. It's the story of redemption, the thing that you and I need more than anything else redemption The whole reason that Jesus came and died and and, and was a sacrifice for our lives to redeem us back to him. So this week we're going to pick up a story in chapters 3 and 4. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open up Jonah chapter 3. And if you don't know where 3 is, it's right after 2 and right before (laughs) 4. It's really small. It's in the Old Testament. What we're going to do is we're going to actually go line by line through Jonah's chapter 3 and 4. So after Jonah prays the prayer, the whale spits him back up. We're going to pick up Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Pause. You're going ahead of me up there. Can we go back to one? There we go. Thank you. That's my next point, the next verse. Then Jonah, or then the Lord spoke to Jonah for a second time. We talked about this last week, but this was so important to bring up again. You may think that you have gone a really far way away from God, that you've run a long way from the Lord, but the Bible says right here that after Jonah had run from God, after he rededicated his life and came back to him, then God spoke to Jonah for a second time. Verse 2, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Just because you have left what God has told you to do, just because you have walked away from the the thing that God has given you to do, you've turned your back on the Lord, you're no longer listening, you're no longer living for the Lord. Just because you've done those things, when you return to the Lord, it doesn't mean that you won't accomplish the thing that he wanted from you. Your circumstance may have changed, but the mission that the Lord has for your life is still the same hear me here, just because you walked away from God for a time, the story of redemption, him bringing you back into him, him him calling you back home, when you rededicate your life to Jesus, your circumstance may have changed, but the mission that he had for your life is still the same. See, the place that Jonah started from may have been different, but God still had a job for him to do. Verse three, this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh Heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself up in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was like the last, the last scripture in the book of Jonah? Like, oh, what a nice story. Jonah got eaten by a whale and then spit back up and Lord redeemed everyone back to him. And the city of Nineveh was not destroyed. That'd be great, right? It's not the end of the story. Let's go to uh, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Hold on for a second. Has anyone ever been in this place? You didn't, like, God didn't do the exact thing that you wanted him to do? He changed his mind so this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. It's like our natural reaction when God doesn't do what we want him to do. Verse 2. So he complained to the Lord about it. Stop. He complained. Okay. I just want us to, we got, we got to paint a picture here, okay? So you have this guy, Jonah, who just a few days ago, is in the belly of a fish. Do you, you understand what... The belly of a whale, guys. He's in this fish, he gets spit back up, and yet he's still got some complaining to do. I, I, I don't... I truly don't understand. But here's what I do know about complaining, is that a wrong spirit is, always complains. In a complaining spirit... Is always defeated with a spirit of thankfulness. And here's the, here's the thing about complaining. God hates it. He does. Check this out. Numbers 11.1. 1. The book of Numbers. Chapter 11, verse one. You don't have to turn there. I think it will be on the screen. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything that was said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people on the outskirts of the camp. Hey, maybe we shouldn't complain. (laughs) He he complained. They, They were complaining. The Lord hates complaining. Complaint happens When our lives become more about what we've done and what we have rather than what he's done. Go back to uh, chapter 4, verse 2. It says, Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. And Jonah's complaining about this. That's not even, he's complaining that the Lord is not going to destroy the entire town. It's pretty incredible. And then verse 3, just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Does Jonah sound like a petulant child here or what? I'm talking about he's throwing a tantrum at this point. Just kill me, God. But as I read through this, I realized something. We do the same thing. We don't like the way that God does things. We don't like the way that that God sets things up. Well, God, I had a plan for my life. Things were going so well, God. Why? Why did you have to do this, God? And then he He said, I knew that you would do this. I didn't want to say this, because just, just, so just kill me now. Haven't you seen what I've done, God? Come on, okay, we may have never prayed that prayer verbatim, right? Like, maybe not. Maybe we don't get on our knees at home and, haven't you seen what I've done, God? Maybe not, right? But we do do things similar. God, that's not the way this was supposed to go. God, that's not the way this is supposed to work. You said that there'd be good things. And now I do believe that God is a good God who wants good things for his children. I do believe that 100%. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that just because you're a Christian, you're going to be nothing but persecuted your whole life. There is going to be a lot of that. I do believe that God is a good God who wants good things for his children. But how often do we find ourselves in a state of complaint over thankfulness. A, st- a-, a-, a moment of, this is not the way this was supposed to go, God. You see, and I've talked about this a whole lot if you've heard me preach. There is an order that we must follow. And here's what it looks like. You ready? Here's the created. And here's the creator. If you're wondering what those things are... <laughs> We are the created. We are the art drawn on the canvas from the artist. He is God. Can, Can the canvas tell the painter what to paint? No. So why do we expect to be able to tell God the way things are? See, there was an issue here. Jonah forgot the order. And then I love his, uh, the Lord's reply. Chapter, uh, verse, chapter 4, verse 4. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? You know, I've been in arguments with my wife. We've been in healthy, healthy discussions, right? Healthy discussions. It's marriage. And um, she just said, be careful. Uh, <laughs> I've been in healthy, productive discussions with my wife. And there are times that she says something back, and I'm just like, uh, uh. and just just shuts it down, right? This question the Lord asked back to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about this? Shuts him up. (laughs) Because if you jump to verse 5, It says, then Jonah went out and stood on the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what happened to the city. In other words, Jonah didn't reply. See, in order for Jonah to answer the question of is it it right to be mad about this, Jonah first has to answer a different question. Who am I? I? If I can sit here, God asks Jonah, is it right for you to be mad about this? Jonah has to first answer the question, who am I? Because if he comes back and says, well, yes, yes, it is, then what he actually is saying, well, actually, in this moment, my opinion, my ways, what I want is higher than God's. Therefore, I am higher than my creator. You guys following this? Therefore, I am higher than the one who sent me. Therefore, what I want, the result of this mission that God sent me on, is greater to me than the one who sent me on the mission. See, there is a difference in belief and obedience. I can believe in God, but not obey him. Watch this. I believe that my parents are real. I've seen them with my own eyes. I know they're real. But there were a lot of times growing up when I did not obey them. I believe in the law. I have speed and tickets to show it. Not in a long time, thank you. But it's, I believe in the law, but it doesn't mean I haven't sped. You see what I'm saying here? I can believe that something is real without actually obeying it. Belief does not automatically mean obedience. We still have to make the choice. Okay, yes, I believe in God. Okay, but wait a minute. I don't like what that says. I, I, that is a little too raw for me. See, I can believe that God exists, open up my Bible, see something He says, and find a thousand ways to explain away what it says because I don't want to believe it. I don't want to obey it, excuse me. Church, there are things in this book that you're going to disagree with, there are things in this book that I disagree with. It doesn't mean that it's wrong, I'm wrong. Do we actually fall under the authority of Scripture? Do we choose to obey the things that are actually in this word, or do we just believe that it's the word of God and not actually obey it? See, and I love how we refer to people who don't believe in Jesus as unbelievers. Maybe we should start referring to the people who that do believe in Jesus as unobeyers, Because you got a whole lot of people sitting in churches all across the world today that do believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that care very little about obeying what he had to say. Boy, it is tight in this place right now. So we see in in chapter 4, verse 5, that Jonah never answered the question. Verse 6 says, And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun, this eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. <laughs> he didn't know God gives blessings and he takes them away. Verse 8, and as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? God, see, he, he's not pulling any punches. God's rolling up going, alright, I asked you the question about the people, you're not going to answer this. Now I'm going to give you the same question about a plant and see how you respond. And Jonah says, yes, even angry enough to die. I'm closing right here. See, God asks him the exact same question to get to the core of his heart. He asked him the same question to get to the root, to get to the core. Jonah, where is your heart? And then in verse 10, it says, Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And if you have your Bible out and you're looking at this right here, unless my Bible is missing a page, it's the end of the story. See, has anyone ever been done wrong before? Like, I mean, I'm talking like really wrong. The kind of wrong where you've been done so wrong that you just want God to get back at them so bad. I mean, and, and like, and then when he doesn't, you're super upset about it. And you have to go sit down with a therapist and figure things out. That was me. I, I That was where I was at, I'm being honest with you. But... These people do things that are so wrong to you, and God, he doesn't do what he said he's going to do. And we expect, like, I I, I want God to come through for me because I was right. Jonah did what God said. It took him a minute, but Jonah, he accomplished the mission that the Lord had, had sent him to do. He had done the right thing. And he changed his plans. And Jonah lost his mind over it. Jonah freaked out. Jonah completely freaked out because all of a sudden, it's, 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 God, this isn't how you said things were going to go. This isn't what I thought, God. I thought things were going to be different than this. See, Isaiah 54, 17 says the vindication is the Lord's. Church, we have to remember our order. We have to remember where we fall. When we say that Jesus is Lord, He is the Lord. He's the greatest authority in my life. The greatest thing. There is no other authority. If I call Him Lord, there is no greater authority than He. But it has to be more than just my words. Does my life reflect the words that are coming out of my mouth because church we can we cannot be a church that worships jesus with our tongue but lives lives like like he's like he's not there we have to choose to actually obey to actually obey that's a choice that we have to make. And what we have right now, we have this this epidemic of of denominations, if you will. Where we have all these denominations that are looking at things in scripture they don't they don't agree with. And they're like, Well, if we can just get down to the subtext of the text. And and if you look at you know, that team, that word's not actually in the Bible, see. The way this was translated, see. You guys think I'm kidding. TikTok theology is a, it's a disease. And I'm going to let you know that in this next semester for your students, we're going to attack theology. We're going to hit it hard. Because right now, all over TikTok, Instagram, and even Snapchat, I saw it this morning, there are people that are getting on there teaching this, teaching out of this book like they know what they're talking about, and they're completely misconstruing the word of God. We're going to hit this. Look, listen to me. If schools, social media, society, everyone is telling your children the way to think, then it's the church, it's time for the church to stand up and tell the kids the way they need to think. You guys can stand where we're finishing right here. But here's the thing about that: churches as you take things like Kairos. Because Kairos is some deep theological stuff we're gonna dig into. As you hear things that you don't agree with, as your students come home from youth telling you things that we taught them that you're like, oh, I don't know if I wrote, that's uncomfortable. Do we love him enough to look at those things, look at scripture, look back at our heart and go, well, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Come on, there's so many things in this book that you and I can disagree with. There are so many things in this word that that are uncomfortable for us, but we have to place ourselves under its authority. Let me ask you this, do you love him enough to believe him when he says he's good, that he actually is good? Because there's a lot of things in life where God doesn't feel good. There are a lot of times in life when our perception of who he is is not good. Church, our perception of God does not change God. Do we love him enough to trust him when he says to do the hard thing over the easy thing? The last three years, This culture has been so politically divisive, right? Like if I don't stand on your side of the aisle, then I don't stand with you. Do you love him enough to actually love those you disagree with? Because here's, here's the thing about the aisles, okay? You have people on both sides of the aisles holding the same book saying, but I'm right. pastor's not here, I could get fired. <laughs> See, Jonah had an issue here with loving his enemies. Jonah had an issue with, with loving those that he did not agree with. Even recently, the church is just, as a whole, the big C church is just splitting down the middle over, over things that we disagree on. When Jesus called us to do one thing, and that's love, you wonder why, why people who don't believe in Jesus looking at the church going to fast. Jesus, I don't want it. We can't even agree on, on simple things. I can't stand here and agree that if I disagree with you, I love you. Matter of fact, if you and I are, are separate politically, I don't think we should be in the same room. <laughs> See, but Tim, if, what Jesus calls me to do, as much as I may not agree with it, is that if I disagree with you, that's all right. Because honestly, I probably have it all screwed up too. And church, I want to tell you this. If you've come to a point where you're going, well, I know what I believe, dead gummit. This is it. You've already missed it. Because this right here, every time we open the word, it's speaking, it's breathing. Book of Hebrews talks about how it's sharper than any two-edged sword and we're looking through it and we're going, oh my gosh, this is, I've never seen this before. And I'm texting people and have you guys seen this in scripture? Did you, you see where that's at? And I'm learning new things and I've been doing this a while. We don't have it figured out. Here is what we do know. Jesus came to save those who were lost. He came to save me. He came to redeem me back to him. He came to redeem you back to him. And there is no greater message than that. But here's what we have to walk away with today. Here's what I came to tell you today. (laughs) We must fall under the authority of Scripture. You see, Jonah disagreed, and that's the last time we hear from him. Jesus talks about him once. I believe it's in the book of Mark. Refers back to him, but... I don't want that to be the end of my story. Jesus, whatever it is that you want to show me and teach me, Lord, I am open to whatever it is. Church, we have to be a church that is open to what it is that He wants to show us. We have to be a church that is okay with taking correction from the Lord, especially when it's uncomfortable. See, do we love Him enough? stand corrected. And what I mean by stand corrected is to stand here knowing that I'm wrong. Jesus, you correct me, and I'm able to take that correction without getting angry, without getting upset, but falling under his authority. Or do we just believe in him? There's a difference. So we're going to go back into this song again, and it's one of my favorite songs of probably ever because it really just has nothing to do with us. It's all about him. And if you wanna come to the front, you can come to the front. I'm not gonna do a full on altar call, but I do believe there's something very special about stepping out. I think we have to turn our hearts back to him. I think we have to get back to understanding that we can be corrected by him because he's our Lord. You're in this place, you've never given your life to Jesus before. I want you to know it is the best risk you're ever going to take. It is the only sure bet in this world. Giving our lives to Jesus is the only sure bet in this world. And it can be uncomfortable, and there are times that it can be hard because He calls us to live a different way. But I'm telling you, there is no better way to live your life. And I challenge you today to find someone to walk you through what that looks like. Your life will change forever. Dear Jesus, God, I'm so thankful for your word. Lord, I'm sorry for every time that I stood uncorrected. I'm sorry for every time, Lord, that I've been mad at you because I didn't agree with what you were telling me to do. I'm sorry for every time that I read your word, didn't like what I read, and shut the book. Lord, that you would show us our faults, our faults, that you would show us where we're wrong. God, cleanse us. Cleanse us, Jesus. Lord, we need you now than ever before. Lord, we love you with everything that we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.